Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, the Hornsby RSL, The Post and ISC Sports. Anthony LeBull Caruso here with you tonight and we are continuing our preview of Rugby League for season 2022. This time we're going to take it down a notch, but increase the intensity just that little bit more as we talk Ron Massey Cup and the Sydney Shield. Yes, some of the very best in suburban rugby league playing together. We're going to be looking at the teams and we're going to be talking about the future of this competition as a whole. Joining us tonight, we are very, very thankful to have him on the show because not only is he joining us as a representative of Hawkesbury FM, but he'll be a regular caller with us throughout Triple H and this brand new Sydney Sports Radio that is going to be coming to you any day now. Nick Kutnyak, good evening yeah, to you. Yeah, hello to you, Anthony and everybody. And uh, can't wait to rip into season 2022 because uh, 2022, uh, because let's just say... We're hoping that we have a full we have a full season of something after the last couple of years. Uh, look, I guess the exciting thing is that we know that the junior reps will be at the Western Sydney Stadium. So at least we're getting something booked. We've got some venues planned, and we've just got a good feeling that we're going to have a full season this year. Touch wood. We will have a full season because after the last couple of years, it was a, a bit of a stress uh, for everybody involved. Yeah, absolutely, and. You know, the, the, a lot of the clubs here that have been involved in this competition for a number of years, they've had to go through stresses themselves to try and stay open, stay afloat. Some of them have sort of fallen by the wayside. Some of them have taken a step back, but some of the other clubs have gone full steam ahead. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of the interesting things about this whole situation, who we've lost over the last couple of years. Uh, one of the interesting situations, Windsor Wolves are a prime example. So in 2020... They announced, or 2019 for 2020, they announced we're in the competitions, both Ron Massey and Sydney Shield. Uh, they only played one game that year uh, because of obviously COVID. We had the 2021. They tried it again having a Sydney Shield Ron Massey. As we know, we went to halfway through the season. Then it all ended because of COVID. And they haven't come back. They've decided to go back to A grade in Penrith, which for them it's interesting because there has been some dramas in the past about what happened with A-grade, uh, 2019, they didn't have an A-grade side due to um, rulings as such about using players and all this and that. And now they come back to A-grade, and the question will be, when will they come back to Ron Massey? It's not if, it's when, because for them, they need to be at a Ron Massey or a Sydney Shield standard. But the issue is COVID has had an impact financially, of course, with the league's club as such, so that's going to be the the pressing point for a lot of teams. There's a couple of other teams that we can go into the same boat. One team we're surprised not to see in Ron Massey this year, we expect him in Sydney Shield, is Cabramatta. Now, Cabramatta has been a staple, a staple in this competition for a long, long time. We lose him, and it's a big loss here, Anthony, because they are a lifeblood of this competition. They play some great rugby league. They're always in the finals every single year in one of the competitions. and if, because we don't know what's happening with Sydney Shield yet, we, we we expect them to have a team, but we just don't know. And with the draw not coming out yet, it makes you suspicious about what teams are going to be in. Because if we lose Cabra Matter, that's a big loss to that um, Southwest Corridor. If you want to call it that Southwest, it's a little bit inner as such. It's a big loss for the competition, especially... One team that we've lost in Sydney Shield, I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, Anthony, but losing East Campbelltown, who go back to Group 6, and that in itself is a fascinating story because they they are a great rugby league club, but there's issues with them and Group 6 in the past. Well, there have been issues. They come back to that competition, and, 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 and let's just say our good friend Mike Sheen's going to have a lot of fun this year calling their games and 
or the dramas that could surround that. But they dropped back because obviously there's no support from Wes and also they just don't have the finances and they have to drop back in grades. We're going to see this quite a bit over the next couple of years because some teams just don't have the finances to continue. One thing I'm surprised about, and I suppose it's great that money's been put into it and it's great from a global sense for the game, is Fiji coming back. That means, again, I know it's going to be a little bit easier with borders now to come in and out as such, but I'm just I'm just really surprised that and happy that Fiji is staying in the competition and finances are being put in because it could have been easily a situation of going, look, this ain't going to work because, well, look, you're that far away. COVID could happen any time. We just don't have the money. But I'm glad that this is continuing because it needs to. And, and last year, from the games that they did play, it was awesome to watch. I, I watched them at Mascot Over one day, and, and they are just, you know, flowing rugby league, and, and that's what we want to see. So developments are such, and I, I've only touched probably a handful of the situation we've got at the moment in these competitions with the last couple of years, but I'm just glad that we are going to see Fiji return. Absolutely, and there's a whole lot more we're going to get through here. So we're going to split this show into two parts tonight. First off, we'll look through those teams. Secondly, we will go through the relevance of competitions and how the relationship is going to happen long-term. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. I'm going to kick things off here tonight with looking at the teams that will be returning to the Ron Massey Cup and the Sydney Shield. We're going to go in alphabetical order based off the teams confirmed with the draw out for the Ron Massey Cup. And we start off with the first the first lot being a working relationship now, Nick, between the Blacktown Workers Seagulls and we expect Penrith Brothers. Yeah, this will be the situation once again. Of course, the I'm going to say... The Manly thing still continuing with the New South Wales Cup, the Manly Blacktown merger that's been around since 2017. It's that long ago, I remember their first game, I think it was against Newtown back there at the old lay butt, of course, uh, which is used as a park ground. Uh, and now they've moved over to the, the great site behind the club, which has been, I'm not going to say rarely used because they used it quite a bit in 2019, but we haven't seen much of it in the last couple of years. And it's going to be great to go back there. I think this is a partnership that needed to happen. It's it's basically a Penrith, Penrith Junior Rugby League partnership because, obviously, they're in the same competition junior-wise, and it's great that we got this brothers connection with Blacktown. Brothers tried to run Massey Cup side a couple of years ago. Obviously, that was just not going to work. They're happy to be Sydney Shield, same as Blacktown. They're happy to be in the Ron Massey Cup. So it's a partnership that's going to work. Again, are they going to be strong this year? I oh, oh, oh. I think they'll go all right here, Blacktown. Of course, we don't know official teams as such, but I think they'll have a decent season this year. Will they make the top eight? They'll be one that will be probably challenging for that top eight spot. But as I said, the connection is great, and, and they are a good club, and they've had some issues over the last couple of years. They're having changes as well. So let's see what happens this year. But I, I expect them to have a decent year. And with Penrith Brothers themselves, the last couple of times they've been a Sydney Shield-only team, They've actually been fairly competitive. Yeah. Last year, I saw them in a couple of games. They looked pretty good. So, again, I, I hope they have a decent year. It's hard to tell what sort of teams we're going to see. But but it's interesting as well what will happen. And I'll go back to the Penrith A grade because the Penrith A grade is still a reasonable good competition. You just wonder what the connection is going to be like. Yeah, we say brothers will share some players with Blacktown potentially, but then – it's easy to say Blacktown might just go, we'll go to our A-grade club if we have an A-grade team. And brothers, obviously, that's easy for them, for Sydney Shield back to A-grade because they'll have a team this year or they should have a team. And they've been a strong force for a long time, brothers. They're the old St. Dominics and and they have been a great club. I remember watching them Penrith A-grade 2017. They, they were carving it up. They, it was their competition. And it was right for them, it was right for them to move up to the Sydney Shield, they struggled early doors as expected. They were getting pumped, but, and and one day they got pumped by uh, the local rivals, Mary's by, I think, 80 points in Sydney Shield. So, look, it's great that they're, they're improving every year, and it's great that the brothers have stayed in. So, 
I think this is important for the, the Penrith area to have those teams in because the situation is we need to have strong quality football, but we also need something for these players to sort of go, I can go that extra step. You know what? If I play well, I could actually play in this competition. Okay, I might not be able to play a full season, but it's something to achieve. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a great season. Again, as I said, it's hard to tell what sort of teams we'll see on paper. But I think um, expect a decent year from both sides. We then move on to the next team in alphabetical order from Ron Massey Cup. It is the Glebe Dirty Reds, uh, the old... Concord Burwood United, the Glebe, the Burwood um, Glebe Wolves, now the Glebe Dirty Reds. God knows how many names they're going to go through. And they're going to be, they're likely to be continuing their association with the Belrose Eagles. But the question has to be asked for how much longer? Yeah, that, that's an interesting one. I, I, I... I have to ask you, Caruso, does that work in that in the, the local area? Now, I, I don't know how this is a thing because Glebe is one part of the uh, the Sydney area and <laughs> Belrose is, as we know, people don't travel from Belrose. So I, I just I just wonder how this actually works in that sense. It, it's not a great partnership. It's not like it's it's a interleague sort of thing. It's like people could say, oh, Blacktown and Penrith, well, it's, it's 25 minutes away from each other, but still it's connected to the district. This Cleveland Bill race just makes no sense. But anyway, that that's uh, what's been the case for a while. So we await and see what sort of connection they have this year. But going to the Cleveland situation, look, they were called the Suburbs team because they had so many suburbs in their name. I'm glad it's changed. I, I think uh, – I think everybody's happy that we're seeing just a Glebe Dirty Reds. It, it, it's back to the old days. Uh, now we just need to bring Annandale back in the competition. And that would be a lot of fun too. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? If things do change and the New South Wales Cup uh, becomes a, a proper NRL reserve grade, bring Annandale in alongside Newtown in a Ron Massey Cup. We could have, have an old Newcastle team too in, in the Newcastle Rebels colours and, and also bring in, uh, what was it? It was Cumberland. Bring back Cumberland, Cumberland as well. There Cumberland, you go. Yeah. That would be uh, fun. Uh, it won't happen, but it would be it'd be something that would be no, awesome. Don't forget, don't forget the universities as well. Oh, yeah, Sydney Uni. Don't forget them. Uh, what is going to – I know we'll, we'll talk about that later, but it'll be interesting what happens to Sydney University too. That's a side issue we'll talk about shortly. But, yeah, look, Glebe's another club that they're, they're going to have a good year as well. As I said, we wait with the partnerships and such, but I think what could hurt Glebe big time is – they are a feeder of Newtown. And from what we're hearing, and, and these are all speculation, but I've heard rumours that Cronulla's going to give minimal to Newtown. Now, the reason behind that is really COVID. It's not It's not because they don't want to put their players that are fringe first graders in the reserve grade. It's nothing to do with that. It's literally that they've got to be mindful about the COVID situation. So they might not be actually able to put players that could be play number 24 or 5 in their top 30 because of that situation with COVID. So it's disappointing on that aspect that that's the case. And then that's going to hurt Glebe because there'll be injuries in the Newtown squad that Glebe will just have to just have to help. So, um, yeah, it could be one of those years where if that is the case, they might have a shocking year because they might not be able to develop up. And if they have to take players from Belrose, that's going to hurt, hurt Belrose even more. So, uh, as I said, these are things I'm hearing. This is not confirmed to anything. But, again, that's going to be the talking point, what the rule is going to be for all top 30s for the New South Wales Cup. I know we're, we're talking more Ron Massey here, but that's going to be the thing that hurts the Ron Massey Cup sides this year. Now, one thing I can confirm with Glebe, uh, for this year is that there are two names that are already confirmed and two big names in particular that will be in this lineup we're expecting. One of them would be Monty Raper, Ooh, part yes. of the famous Raper lineup. And it is all but confirmed Greg Eastwood will be back for them this year. Yeah, good to see uh, Eastwood having another season around. He's been at the club for a few years now at Glebe after his uh, career ended uh, back in 2019 for Newtown. Great to see him still going around. Um, but I'm... I'm really impressed that they've still got players like Monty Raper around. And I think um, I think Garlic's going another season there. I'm not sure. Like He might be, yes. He might be, so yes. So they, they'll have a decent saw. But as I said, it's it's going to hurt them. 
Like, I've got the feeling Eastwood might have to pull on a Newtown jersey at one stage. Oh, it, it, you'll never know. You never know. There you know. go. Prediction. We then move on to our first team in the lineup that have actually got teams in both Ron Massey Cup and the Sydney Shield. It's a great system they've got out there. And between you and me, Nicholas, we can't wait to go out and call Nathan Grammer later this year. It is the Hills District Bulls. Yes, and I hope they bring back Chipper. Now, Chipper, by the way, for those who don't know who he is, He's the guy that does the PA at the ground. Now, oh, <laughs> get yes. ready for this, okay? So here's the situation. For those, I need to explain this because it's the funniest thing you've ever seen in rugby league. So basically, it's a guy that brings a PA out. He's got the DJ equipment, and he just turns everything up to 125. Now, it is awesome. We love the atmosphere there. Uh, we're actually next to it. And there's occasions where we have to turn our sound effects microphone off because of the music at halftime. The music is still loud. It gets picked up on a headset, so uh, it's always fun. They have a great day, and Hills do some great things for rugby league. And and, and I think for them this year, they they will also have this issue too. And I was talking about Newtown because uh, in Glebe because they will have a connection with Parramatta this year. And I, no, they don't. No, it's the North Sydney. Oh, Bears. sorry, North Sydney. And that. that that, that, that's all right. Sorry, North Sydney Bears, uh, you, you picked me up on that. They should have a relationship with Parramatta. My apologies. I don't get that. That, 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 that. That's a side issue. Hills is Parramatta territory. They wear a Parramatta logo yeah. on the junior jersey. Yeah. How? how yeah, I, 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 I don't get the North Sydney connection. That's why, that's why I've sort of forgot about that because I'm so used to that being the Parramatta area. It's so dumb on that aspect. But – that's going to be their issue. Hills are going to have players go to North Sydney, but they'll have a decent year. I think I think what helps is they have a Sydney Shield side that can go into Ron Massey, and it's in-house sort of thing. So that's going to be what helps them, but they'll struggle on Sydney Shield if situations with COVID, and we keep on talking about that, that that's the reality. But they'll have a good year, uh, Hills, and and I can't wait to get out there once again. I love getting out there. It, it's going and, and it's great fun out there. I remember a couple of times going out there to call – Hills District when they were when they were hosting the Asquith Magpies and not only was the music absolutely pumping, but Hills know how to get down and dirty with these matches as well. They're not afraid to get into it and it gets everyone in, involved with it. It has to be said with Hills as well. They're not afraid to get some of their own stars out over the last couple of years. Not sure if they're going to be available, but you know some of the names that they've had throughout the last couple of years, the likes of Brad Speechley, Daniel Harrison, Tristan Alvarado, Heath Lestrange. Oh. <laughs> you know, these guys, Heathy. these guys can come out of nowhere. I love Heath Lestrange. I love Heathy as well. And also, don't forget Timmy Robertson as well. Timmy Robertson, Heath Lestrange. Oh, uh, they're fun guys to call. But here's the thing, and, and this is why I love Hills. As a venue on Crestwood on a Sunday afternoon, A, it's a Sunday afternoon tradition. You've got uh, you've got all the, the families that get out there. They have the cheese platters and all that. They're watching the game. The dogs are there, the Dalmatians. Then you have situations where you have the kids' entertainment at halftime. They do their routine. The young girls do their dance routine. Then the boys want to follow suit. They're not, by the way, trained cheer boys, they're just boys that are bored at halftime, they want to dance, and then they bring the dog with them. Yes, that actually happened, and we called it on air once. It's one of the funniest things I've ever done. But then, you have situations where, because it's the back of the school and all that, you've got a school around, and people try to park the car as well, it's hard to get parking there. You see situations where people actually knock over signs Let's just say somebody um, somebody accidentally hit the sign that said no parking here. Um, and we, we've called that on air too. So we've had, mate, we've had some great moments at Crystal Oval. It's one of the greatest places to call. And I don't care if it's up in the tower or if it's down with the people. I prefer to be with the people personally. Uh, it's a great place. I love it. Oh, mate, we all do. We can't wait to get out there. It's a great day out there. And, those, and for those who, haven't, those who haven't done it, as, as Nick said, it is a great family day experience out there. It doesn't cost you anything to to get in there. It's just a great day out. I thoroughly encourage you all to go to go up there to Crestwood Oval to check out the Hills District Bull and, uh, you know, cha-ching right there. We then move on to our next team. It is a it is back to a relationship team here, but it's one that has been uh, going for a while and it's a very strong relationship. It is Mounties with the Moorbank Rams. Yeah, and uh, this will be an interesting one again. Uh, 
there's a lot of conjecture about what's happening with the New South Wales Cup and who's feeder club and all that because Mounties, uh, they're, they're their own club, but there's still apparently connections with Canterbury. I, I don't think there's a big connection. But if there is the case, and this is going to be the, the big issue for Mounties, if there is a slight relationship with Canterbury, it's going to be almost like when Balmain and West were two separate entities. And this was 10 years ago, the last time it happened. And West were absolutely scrounged and they were getting smashed every week. It was, it was sadly reminiscent of their 98, 99 season in the NRL. And and that, yeah. and that is a worry if they do that. I think Mounties as well, they're going to be, they're really their private entity in the New South Wales Cup, which leads to the Ron Massey Cup. And again, I think they'll have a decent year, but, a lot of money will be put and the emphasis will be put on New South Wales Cup. And, and so it should be to be competitive. And, and I suppose that's the question. You can all you can have individual teams that are not connected to NRL clubs in the New South Wales Cup. But the issue behind that is obviously you don't have the money like the other clubs do because they're NRL connected and all that. But you also have a situation where you've got to work out, do you just want to be, you know, paddling above water? Or do you want to be winning the comp? Now, you probably won't win a comp as a single identity in the New South Wales Cup. It's very difficult to do. But you have the situation where, okay, if you go to Rob Massey, you're basically going back with the schoolboys as such because they're a club where it's a catch-22 because they're a club that really can sustain it with the with the New South Wales Cup. But if they go back to Rob Massey, they just win comfortably. And, and they're the strongest team and they'll always be the strongest team in the Ron Massey Cup. So I feel that, you know, they want to look more into the New South Wales Cup, but they'll have a big year in Ron Massey. This connection too, by the way, that they've got with Moorbank, is an, it's an interesting one, but it's an understandable one. So basically the Mounties group, they've got a club out there at, at Moorbank. So that's why it works. And yeah, I think they'll have an okay year. Moorbank's not exactly the, the best team in the world. But they'll have a decent year. We then go to one of the absolute powerhouses of New South Wales a Rugby League. Um, just before you pass that that point of no return heading out to Penrith, <laughs> you do reach St Mary's. <laughs> hey, this is another ground that is just an experience. It is the fun place to call out west. Uh, I love it. I, I live very close to it. It is sensational on a Saturday afternoon and a Saturday evening. Saturday evenings, it just goes off like cotton socks because you call outside you, with the, the fans. Uh, it, it's loud and so it should be. And then people go to the club afterwards and have a good feed and a drink. It is a great place. And St. Mary's have always been a, a breeding ground for great rugby league players at the Penrith area. Uh, the Cartwrights, uh, the prime example there. And I think, St. Mary's, they will again be a top two team in both competitions. They'll probably yeah. they'll probably win, I reckon, Shield and go closer against Mounties in Ron Massey Cup and probably fail at the last hurdle, which uh, always is uh, one of those things for uh, St. Mary's. They either lose to Mounties or lose to Wendy in the grand final. So hopefully that's not the case. I want to see St. Mary's win a Ron Massey Cup because they've been back in the comp and they're going great. And again, they're going to have that issue. They're another team that's going to have that issue with Penrith. Uh, for first grade players oh, and, and New South Wales Cup players more so. So they're going to have players from St. Mary's who are going to go up to, to New South Wales Cup this year. And we've seen it before and we've seen a lot of great talent move up to New South Wales Cup and then get a shot at the NRL too. So, yeah, I, I think they'll have another great year. As much as it could affect them a little bit with the, the COVID situation, and as I said, players from St. Mary's going to Penrith, I think they will still be successful this year. And it, it goes to say as well that there is no lack of talent coming through that St. Mary's line. We've seen it before, as you mentioned, the likes of the, the Cartwrights, a number of players coming uh, coming through. I think even the Jennings boys yep. all came through St. Mary's as well. Uh, there's no lack of talent now coming through there. Jeff Daniela is still running around in that, in that team at the moment, along with Kurt Falls. Uh, and a couple of famous surnames here of relatives currently in the NRL or part previously been in there. Satoni Vatuvai in there. Tavina Korosau as well. 
they, they, they just continually find players and they're just going to continually churn, churn them out. This conga line of talent is why Penrith is now considered one of the strongest overall clubs in all of New South Wales. I'm missing the Sikarikas as well. I, I hope that uh, they're both going around. Georgie boy <laughs> and, and the other Sikarikas too. Uh, but yeah, Georgie, he gets he gets uh, a lot from me because I love I love just saying Georgie boy Sakrikas. So they're 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 great players, and and as I said, uh, looking forward to this year. I don't know, by the way, if um if he'll play this year. Um, uh, yeah, you said who was it? Uh, I've forgotten the name. Um, Jeff, Jeff Daniela. I don't think he'll play this year. I, I I don't think he'll play this year. But if he does, good on him. He, he played first grade. He finished first grade 10 years ago. Um, he's yeah. still going around. Uh, remember, he, he just off the beaten track for a second, remember when Hutch Moyava was still playing in, in Ron Massey? Yes. <laughs> Hutch gave up for the dogs like 10 years before and he was still going in Massey. Let's move on to the next powerhouse club. We mentioned one of them. You can't mention one without the other. We had St. Mary's. It's now the Wentworthville Magpies. Probably win the comp. <laughs> like, they're, they're just strong again. They're, so they've got the connection with Parramatta. So that's why I was confused. Sorry, my apologies. Because we, we have no Guilford, which we, we need to, to add to. No Guilford ours who had a connection to with Parramatta. So that's where your confusion all lies because it's all that Parramatta corridor. Look, when again, they, they should win Ron Massey. They're an interesting situation too with their Sydney Shield feeder because it's connected but not connected. And people go, what do you mean? They're technically two separate entities. So you got the Wentworthville Magpies in Ron Massey Cup. Sydney Shield is the Wentworthville United Magpies. Really, the same thing on paper. It's just an extension of maybe what an A grade side, really. So that's where the yes. difference is. Well, I, I, I think it's easy to say they win the comp because they just. They bring in talent every single week. And, and again, that's another great day out, Ringrose Park on a Sunday afternoon because fans go out and support their team. So uh, that's going to be another place where we'll have some fun this year. But, yeah, oh, easy. Their connection with Parramatta, that's what helps. We then move on to a team that made a step up a couple of years ago to having Ron Massey Cup and Sydney Shield. And it has to be said, they've become one of the real excitement machines of the competition, the Ride Eastwood Hawks. Yes, good old Ride Eastwood. Um, how do I see them going this year? Mm, uh, they'll, they'll have a decent season, but they won't won't be up there with the best. I think they'll go okay. But TG Milner, I, I want to get out there for a rugby league game. I haven't been out there for a league game. I reckon it'll be good atmosphere out there. It is, from what I understand. A couple of games out there, they have good. They do have a good time out mm. there. Um, they do encourage as well very attacking rugby mm. league. So you'll often be guaranteed high – and it's a fast track as well. So you're often guaranteed high-scoring matches out of TG Milner. Yeah, expecting a decent season for them. But, again, it's always difficult to to work on how they'll go without seeing teams. I think they're ones that will be scrummaging. Like I say scrummaging around the bottom, not in a, in, not in a bad way. Can I, can I just put it out there? Not in a bad way because there's not many teams in this competition. And, and you know you're going to get me started on something. We can't have a top eight this year. Surely we can't have a top eight in a nine-team oh, comp. It's, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous to have a top we eight. We will. To have top we eight. will. It, it's like it's like when you have a, a district cricket competition when you're playing eighth grade and you have five teams in the comp and it's a four-team final series. So one just drops out. That's what we're seeing here. I, I, as I said, I hope it's a, a top five because I don't think an eight. But, yeah, they'll be scrummaging around that bottom end of the eight as such. But I don't think they're last in the ladder. Put it that way. Yeah. We then go on to a team that we mentioned before is coming back into the competition. We weren't sure whether it was going to be happening, but given the COVID rules are very friendly with what's happening in Fiji, we can confirm the Kaiviti Silk Tails are back. Yes, and I think it's great that we can see this team back. Uh, let's just say I hope I'm better with the names this time around. Uh, <laughs> no word of a lie. I was, I was checking the names, making sure I said them right. I think I was about 75%, which is better than the 22 I was expecting beforehand. Uh, look, they're a great club. I think um, what they're trying to do is mammoth. I think that's the key thing. We're trying to get Fiji eventually to the New South Wales Cup. That's the key. Like we've seen in uh, Queensland with PNG, we want, to, we want this to happen because potentially in 10 to 50, 15 years from now, 
I know people are going to laugh at this, but the NRL will one day look at a Pacifica style of competition. And, and, and we're seeing with the Super Rugby, and it will work in the long term as long as fans go to the games and, and Super Rugby don't shoot themselves in the foot like they normally do. But the idea of a Pacifica NRL to, to get PNG, to get Fiji in, and I know it's going to be difficult, but we don't know what the landscape is going to be in 15 years from now. I think eventually they would be up to the task. But finance is a big thing, and, and let's see how they go. This will be, I keep on saying, hopefully their first full season of the competition. But let's hope it works, because last year they under a lot of duress uh, because they were away from family. Now it's going to be easier, at least, for family to come and see them, because I think they'll be based in Sydney this year. I don't think we'll see games away from um, Australia this year for Fiji, but eventually we will see them playing a couple of home games there. Wouldn't that be sensational? A trip to uh, um, a, a trip to Suva. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, actually, you know, and you remember under COVID laws, we can do that. Mm, yes, at the moment. <laughs> at the moment, at the moment. Now, the interesting thing with um, Kaviti at, the, at this stage is that there are question marks about what their relationship is going to be with NRL going up. And then Sydney Shield going down. The rumor is is that there is going to be a Roosters mm. team in Sydney Shield. To what extent we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be directly with the Sydney Roosters or if it's going to be hosted out with the Central Coast Roosters. Mm. Yeah, we we await and see what happens with that. I, I just don't know, and I think a lot of people yeah. just don't know what's going to happen. Finally, <laughs> finally, we've then got the one combination or the two teams really sitting it out at the moment and they may be forced to go into a relationship with each other here and it will be the western suburbs magpies with of all clubs cabramatta look it's not it's not a silly one to be honest if it does happen even though this is the this is the ludicrous thing cabramatta's Basically, a Parramatta Junior Rugby League club, right? It is. But to be honest, to me, it, it's heading towards the West area. It's it's along the cutoff. Um, I hope there is some relationship because it'll be great to see West again. They're going to be another club. I hate saying this, but they're going to be another club affected by the potential of this thirty bubble in the NRL, which will affect them because then having a New South Wales club, they have to have players from the New South Wales Cup or from the Ron Massey Cup to the New South Wales Cup. I think that's a reality. Uh, I hope they go okay for our good man, Keith. But uh, we just don't know. We really don't know. But, Keith, I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for you, Wes. But I think they might have a hard year. It might be a very difficult year, and it may be harder still for Cabramatta, who have been a force in Sydney Shield over the last couple of years. I don't see that happening this year now, given that they have gone back to a Sydney Shield-only squad, and who knows where these players are going to end up now. Yeah, and, and, and that's true. And, and, and just by the way as well, when we also talk, because I suppose we need to clarify one thing. We believe there might be relationships, but there don't have to be relationships when it comes to this situation with Sydney Shield and Ron Massey Cup. Correct. They don't have to have relationships. Correct. Now, It'd be great if they do because they need to get player pools. And I think worst case scenario, what West can do, and and can I can I just put something very tasty for a lot of people out there? West don't have to have Cabramatta. They can say, no, we're, we're just going to take a pool of players from the group six. Oh, Let me just put a couple oh, of names for you out there. Josh Dugan, Curtis Scott. Shannon Gallant. Uh, well, well, the Mitsubishi Gallant, it needs a run, doesn't it? Um, and let's not forget a big sign for Picton this year, T-Rex Williams. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, West can go down there and go, Curtis, you should be playing NRL, but you'll play Real Massey Cup with us. You're not playing Group 6. And Josh Dugan, oh. wouldn't that be a good signing in playing for West? Oh, yes. Hey, 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 I'm only putting it out there, but it would be great if it happens. <laughs> Watch the crowd rock back to Campbelltown. <laughs> I will be there in a heartbeat. 
Oh, absolutely. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to have part two of our preview of the Ron Massey Cup and the Sydney Shield. You are listening to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, and ISC Sports. Anthony Caruso with Nick Kutnyak from Hawkesbury FM previewing Ron Massey Cup and the Sydney Shield for 2022. We have gone through the teams that are lining up for the competitions, confirmed for Ron Massey Cup. We expect to be confirmed for the Sydney Shield. But out of this comes a bigger discussion point, Nick, that we need to go through. And it is really around the future of the Sydney Shield competition and what we've seen over the last couple of years, which has been the resurgence of suburban A-grade rugby league. Well, we hope it's going to be the resurgence of uh, rugby league in A-grade level. Look, the Sydney Shield one is a very interesting situation. We we, we saw it come in basically as a, a knockout-style competition initially before it, it properly became a reserve-grade for Ron Massey Cup. So uh, if you want to call it, <laughs> and this is what is my favourite line, it's reserve grades, reserve grades, reserve grade. So yeah, I, I don't think it's got a future, and, and, and I'm not one that's saying on oh, New South Wales Rugby League, They've been wanting to kill this competition for a long, long time. 
I think it's nat- natural disintegration of the competition is what's happening with COVID and all that. And also the fact is that, that these players playing in Sydney Shield, most of them are really just people that work in offices or, you know, construction sites during the week and, and probably can't really afford to travel out from, say, Wentworthville to Bill Rose or East Campbelltown or wherever. Uh, they they just can't afford to do it anymore. They they rather play in a localish competition. And remember, they play on Sunday afternoons and your game, usually it's a one o'clock game, so you can get home by five o'clock. That's okay. But still, if you've got work the next morning and you, you're traveling from long ways, it, it's difficult. Like Bill Rose would be home maybe six o'clock if you're yeah, at East Campbelltown. So I think that's one aspect as well. I think the other thing is, there's a lot of money being put in in the Sydney Shield. They, they put a lot of money in the Sydney Shield where it's probably just, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think of a, a nice and friendly uh, expression to use. Let's just say you're you're throwing money against the wall and just going, there you go, have it, have it, have it. I think you'd be better served doing that in a grade level and also half that money can go back into Ron Massey if you really want to make your Ron Massey successful. I also feel that we can do something different, not get rid of the Sydney Shield name at all, but change the way Sydney Shield looks and even change this this Sydney combined Metro Cup or whatever it's called as well and put the focus back on A-grade in local districts and then have a knockout sort of thing at the end of the year, which could work and, and it would be great for the game of rugby league here in Sydney. And I'll put this sort of out there. And remember, I'm working on the rough guidance of what sort of areas we've got. But say, for instance, Penrith, we've got one of the great junior rugby leagues and probably still one of the strong A grades. Penrith would be great, and they would love this, but this would give them extra level to fight for something, having clubs back in A grade and a potential of winning a city-based competition. I'm not going to call it state-based. We'd call it city because... There's another idea coming to uh, Anthony. But you got Penrith in a situation where they would like it. Then we go to this Parramatta sort of area where Parramatta, that would be another place that would enjoy this. Then your Manly Norths bring back that A grade as such because they've been in this combined thing the last couple of years. But I think it's time to actually bring Manly Norths to a proper competition. And with Asquith back, and we haven't spoken about Asquith as such, but with Asquith back into this level of rugby league, I think we could do it, especially with Barrera. And they could be strong. Let's put let's put more teams in there. Let's put some more money into it. Because I know, I think at one stage, the A-grade competition was with five teams at one point. So I, I, yeah. I, want, I would want to see a strong competition out there. Then, of course, Souths, they keep on doing their thing. The, the South Sydney area, and, and they've still got a decent A grade with mass, uh, with uh, teams like Mascot and all that, Redfern, um, I think Redfern, but you got them, and then you can have, you've got a Cronulla-based one, there is sort of a remnants of West, but I think West now, and, and that was, including teams, I think around that Ingleburn area, before that Group 6 cutoff, but I think now Group 6 is the focus, maybe you're bringing Group 6, but I think they would be at a different level as such, so say if you had roughly six areas, because I'm probably missing one as well, there's probably um, you know what I'm probably missing? You could do a, you could do a Central Coast. Well, no, no, no. Um, no, what I'm missing, sorry. And, and and by the way, Central Coast is combined with Newcastle in the real NRL, which is very interesting. Why Hong playing in the real NRL? Uh, could you imagine that? Uh, but what what we'll see, and, and what I'm trying to get at, you, then you have like the um, the inner west. So that Bowmain area, there's the, the right and all that, that they also in there. So, yeah. so you have six. So you've got six right there. And then... You get your winner of all those competitions, and then they play in a knockout sort of style tournament. Of course, six teams. How's it going to work? Whatever the mechanics are, you can make it eight teams. As I said, I'm probably missing a couple of districts, but the point of the matter is you put all districts into a knockout after winning the grand final. Then we have a knockout sort of situation to find a Sydney Shield winner. It's a decent idea, and that's what we're sort of seeing with the with country rugby league and what they want to do too with uh, what they're calling. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm trying to remember the name off the top of my head. What was the competition we called back in 2020? Oh, yeah, Presidents Cup. 
like a President's Cup President's sort of Cup, situation. Yeah. And and I think that's fantastic, the, the talk about how they want to do it. So, look, I, I think we've got to look at these ideas, this, this sort of country sort of championships we're also seeing as well, which is fantastic too. But let's think of these ideas. Let, let, let's, let's start to get the game going forward and, and not necessarily thinking that we need to have a reserve grades, reserve grade as such. Let's actually have a competition like this that puts the owners back on group or a grade rugby league, which would be great to see. And also group rugby league too. We can, we can have a situation where the winner of this Sydney a grade comp or Sydney shield competition from the a grade plays the winner of the, the, the uh, group competitions too. So something like that would be, would be immense. And, 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 and this is only a spitball idea, but I'm just thinking that we can put more emphasis back on local a grade because we need to somehow keep these clubs afloat. And 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 remember, A-grade is – the A-grade clubs are basically your junior clubs. And if you have people out there watching them, they're supporting the junior club even more so. They're selling um, food. They're selling drink. They're selling – the club, they're selling alcohol as well and all that because the licensed premises. This sort of stuff helps them back the junior rugby league. So – this is probably a better aspect to help junior rugby league and help funds as well. And then you talk, should there be a salary cap system? Well, maybe there would have to be for this too, because remember players do get paid at these levels as well, not much, but they still get paid. So so we, we look at all that, but I'm just thinking of ideas to make local rugby league strong and it goes back to junior rugby league and I think this can work. What you're basically proposing, if I can use analogies from another sport mm-hmm. here, is basically copying what football New South Wales do with their champion of champions. Correct. The best team from each of them going into a knockout competition, the winner going through. I love it, except there is one issue I can see coming from doing Mm -hmm. this now as well. It's that rugby league probably would not want to do anything that sees them even remotely copying something from football. Oh, look, I I think you, you don't sell it that way, Anthony. You sell it differently. You go, hey, I've got an idea. It's called Midweek Cup. Just, and I think that would help because it, it's like a midweek cup. Like we 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 had that for many years in the New South Wales Rugby League. Obviously, different because it was with the New South Wales clubs. Obviously, NRL clubs now, if you want to call it that, with first yeah. grade clubs. But the reality is, we can do something like that, and I think they would love it. And 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 you sell them a way where you can have rugby league into October, and that could well be an idea. I, I'm just trying to think of something that would be great for all bases and to help junior rugby league. And you know what? It will, and, and I think they would enjoy that. It's only one suggestion. I'm not completely saying get rid of a Sydney Shield competition totally. I'm just thinking if it's going to be a hassle and, and teams will be hassles in the future to get because money's always going to be tight. Now, we could say that we're going to go back to some sort of housing days when people want to play in the competition we get back to 12 teams. But I just think that this would be actually better, a benefit for local rugby league and well, we, we just see if that happens. But it's just an idea that I've been spitballing. And I think it's one that's got definitely got legs in this regards here because we know that the we've seen it, say, for example, in Rugby Union where the biggest growth area has been in Subbies Rugby. That area has absolutely mm-hmm. taken off. And that is actually feeding into the, the re-emergence of the shoot shield yeah, and it, as a result And, and you've got to remember, too, with that competition as well, they don't have a metropolitan... When I say metropolitan, their subbies is basically a metropolitan competition. So, so they don't really have a districts comp for rugby as such. It's all subbies. So they're a little bit different to our rugby league setup, where we still have district rugby league. I'm sort of in the boat where we either go the path where I'm thinking and put more emphasis on on district rugby league, or we go. To a rugby path where we go, all clubs are playing in a combined Sydney competition. And I'll tell you now, yeah. then you'd lose clubs. Uh, you won't be having subbies where they've got five grades, different clubs upon the, the five different divisions. I shouldn't say grades, divisions. And then you have your grades as well in, in that. That's not going to happen in rugby league. Rugby league's not set up that way. So, so we either go down the path I suggest, or if we go down this subbies path, if we ever thought of this idea, we lose a lot of clubs. So um, it, it would be interesting. But yeah, Subby's Rugby League, has, uh, Subby's Rugby, I should say, has been enormous over recent period. The last thing I do want to bring up before we bring the show, the show to a close tonight 
is the situation about rugby league within the Northern Corridor. Now, we have seen the slow death over the last few years, uh, in particular back around the start of the relationship between the Manly Warringah Seagulls and Blacktown workers. It started off with the Peninsula Seagulls launching themselves into the competition to much fanfare. And didn't they take the Sydney Shield by storm? And really what was, what really would have amounted to a Ron Massey Cup lineup. The problem was, is that the problem they had there is that Manly basically thumbed their nose at the team, went over to Blacktown Workers. Mm. And that started off the beginning of the end of the relationship between the Seagulls and the local competition. We then saw Belrose Eagles now starting to drop on its knees as a result. Mm. And then the COVID impacting the Asquith Magpies to an extent that they have pulled out maybe until next year. Who knows? We may not see Asquith Magpies back in Rod Massey Cup ever again. Um, are we get, Are we going to see potentially a recovery of Rugby League in the Northern Corridor or is this now the beginning of the end of rugby league in the, in that Northern Corridor? Oh, well, I think there's a couple of questions in that. Let's unpack it a little bit. Uh, a short answer. If you just want me to say short answer, yes, the game's stuck in the Northern beaches. Uh, but if you want a long answer, not quite. So it goes back to what's going to happen with Manly. And I have to say, when a couple of, let's just say, movements of life, for Manly go on in terms yeah. of ownership and that, some changes can actually happen. Now, that means potentially they might go, we've got to take ownership of reserve grade again. Do mind you, and, and, and I've said this on countless times, Des Hasler, and, and it's a reality, Des Hasler is not a big fan of reserve grade rugby league. Now, it's, it's no disrespect to Des Hasler, but it is a fact when you look at what happened to Manly. So, when Manly was struggling in the, the competitions, it was when Dez was there. When Dez left, all of a sudden, Manly were going okay. He went to Canterbury, and Canterbury, who had probably one of the best New South Wales Cup teams, remember, they were so dominant. First, when they were a part of the, the Sydney Bulls thing, and then when they went to Canterbury, they won a couple of years. And then the next year, Dez is there, and okay, they made the finals one year, and then they dropped off the year after, and they had a drop of a couple of years. This has a Lee's Canterbury, and then in 2018, successful season. Uh, they they won the competition, and I think that is a situation where, and, and again, I'm not trying to have a go at Des, but he doesn't see reserve grade as important to his um, way of programming a rugby league team. So I, I find that's one aspect. This Blacktown thing, you're basically playing a team from the Northern Beaches because half the players still live in the Northern Beaches. They're traveling to Blacktown a couple of days a week, either to play a game or to train, and that's that's an issue in itself. Uh, then you have Manly playing Jersey Fleeks. You have a really stilted system as such or broken system where you've got Manly in Jersey Flag, but then when you go to play reserve grade, you're playing for Blacktown. Like, it just doesn't sit well. If if I'm a Manly local, okay, and I wanted to play for Manly and, and I made it in the juniors, I made it through Harold Matts and SG Ball, and I'm, I'm raring to go, I'm looking good and all that, and then you make Jersey flag, you play for Manly, and then you, you, you get an opportunity to play open grade football, and it is in the New South Wales Cup, but you're wearing a, a Blacktown jersey. Like, it, it just, like, to me, and, and, and remember Manly... I, I still put them in one of those focal areas in terms of rugby league. Like they're a suburban team. They're, they're local. Like when they're in your face, they're in your face. And if you're a manly, a boy who lives in the manly area, say if you live in Belrose or live in any part of the manly area, you're going, okay, I want to be a manly supporter. But then you see your reserve grade teams, black team, you're thinking, huh? What? And, and that is a grave concern. So, that's the thing. If that gets fixed, that's one bridge mended. You know what the next bridge to mend is? The North Sydney side. Well, yeah, and effectively get Junior Rugby League back. Sort of not – I don't think it'll ever thrive like it does in, in, in Penrith, but if you get it back to a reasonable shape, and that needs to happen, I think – that is an important aspect. Is it going to happen? Not under the current situation. 
The other thing too, and Anthony, I know you've been banging your head about this for a long time, but what have you suggested? Or what have you been hearing over the last five, six years? My situation, my belief with this is that the is a lot is largely aligned with yourself. Manly missed a golden opportunity to create their pathway with by using the Peninsula Seagulls. Yes, there's no yes, there was no cash being involved because they had the opportunity with Blacktown Workers at the mm-hmm. time, and this was during a, a phase where Manly really were struggling for cash. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all remember a couple of years ago the Coco Joy debacle. <laughs> One um, of the worst things ever, by the way, Coco Joy. Jo- Coco Joy. It was terrible tasting. It was awful. Awful. It was a contract that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, let's let's not forget that either. So they missed a golden opportunity. Peninsula Seagulls didn't have money. They had the players. And, oh, boy, you remember that team, Nick? They had the players. Oh, yeah, and and I think that's one thing. But what – I think you're missing what the question I was asking you. What has been the talk over the last five, six years about – Manly, as in the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. The talk is at the moment is that the debate has been a debate about whether that the it is going to be viable for them to stay in the area mm-hmm. long term. Mm-hmm. Now, the que- the question has really come about where where do they go? Where do they go? Do they stay or do they go? They face a couple of challenges in a in a couple of very big ways. First off, it's actually quite difficult for them to get sponsorship in the area, unlike a lot of the other places. Secondly, the junior program here is dying. There are only a handful of clubs that are viable in terms of generating players. And no, the Beacon Hill Bears are not part of that system anymore Mm. in terms of being treated seriously. Third, there are areas chomping at the bits for teams, Mm -hmm. but... I can tell you now, they do not want Manly either. So now they're stuck in limbo. They don't know where to go next. And there is a real lack of ideas coming out of where they're going to go. So for now, they're just treading water to mm. see where they go next. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting situation. I, I think the reality is man, Manly, if you're looking at it from a business perspective, they've got to move. Like, like the reality yeah. is, but... But then you've got to go back to how do you make good business, okay? And, and I know we're running a bit out of time here, but it's a discussion I want to have with you, Anthony, because you are a man that knows your business. How do you make Manly Roringa as a club a business but a local club that people want to support? How do you do that? And again, it goes by your juniors. That 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 is it, yep. your lifeblood right there, your junior rugby league, and then it's really a pleasing the local area. It's almost I hate to say this, but I know there's a lot of overheads with rugby league clubs or national rugby league clubs. But do you almost go okay? Let's let's go okay. We're going to drop our prices here, but then if we drop prices here, here, and here, that means we can push to get more sponsorship and the more local we can get the more better and then all of a sudden we can rise as we rise as a club and we do well every single year then we rise it by a couple of percent couple of percent couple of percent and they keep on supporting you because you've made it a local team i think that is where you need to look at it's it's two things it's two things for me first off it's it's fixing up the juniors program which has basically been um crippled under the previous regime there is almost no connection now between the Manly Riga singles and the junior rugby league and the junior rugby league clubs, unless your player gets into the jun- the Manly Seagulls representative mm. system. There is no connection there anymore. That's the first part they've got to do. Secondly, their relationship with um, Northern Beaches Council up until probably very recently when they agreed to re- this revamp of Brookvale mm. Oval and the building of the center of excellence, the relationship stank to high water. So, you know, they're paying, they were paying through the teeth for rent. They were had falling facilities. No one was doing spending anything to upgrade the Fell Oval. So that was issue number two that they were suffering there. The third part, as you said, was sponsorship and cash. So people don't know. The Coco Joy relationship not only cost them three, not only cost them two million dollars a year for three years, they then went and sued Coco Joy for the unpaid sponsorship or FAL International. And lost because the previous leadership under Joe Kelly, remember that name, Joe Kelly, mm-hmm. um, didn't do their due diligence when it came to the sponsorship. 
and they had to pay FAL's legal fees. So not only did they lose out on $2 million a year that they had budgeted for originally, they then had to fork out an extra three quarters of a million dollars in legal fees to go with it as well. They just kept making bad business decision after bad business decision. What they should have done was basically go, you know what? We give up. You know, if you're going to act like that, fine. We're just going to drag your name through the mud. We're going to let everyone know how you conduct yourself instead of trying to sue them and end up making looking like idiots for it. And instead, what they should have done was go back to the drawing board, redo their business plan there, which has to be said, has to be coming from the very top and we all know that Scott Penn is treating the Seagulls as, as his own play toy, and he doesn't really care about the business the business is running. That wasn't fixed. And I'm sorry to say that even though he was only there for a couple of years, there was a couple of other issues with him. Lyle Gorman did a lot to save Manly. Mm. And, and look, let's let's hope Manly are successful. We want we want to see a Manly team that is successful. And 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 and, and I say it in regards to the fact that we want strong rugby league. We want to hate Manly again properly. We want to properly hate Manly. That is that is reality. You don't you can't do it at the moment. You can't hate Manly. Especially especially when you consider a number of plays that they've got in there are actually genuinely likable yeah, I know. as well. You just can't hate Manly. That that is the big problem. Yeah. You can't hate them. But anyway, uh, let's, that's a side let's deal with one more thing. Let's deal with one more thing as well. And it is the last piece we need to work with in particular, the Asquith Magpies. Mm. They are a team that had a proud history within Ron Massey Cup, known as that little club that could. Mm-hmm. Um, the, they had a backing of a solid, um, a solid leagues club, Story Park. It's not a great ground, but geez, it turns into a cauldron on a Sunday afternoon. And they're not back again. They're not back possibly next year as well as the leagues club tries to reinvigorate themselves. They're going to be likely going around again in the A grade is this a club that can get themselves back up or do you think they are resigned to the A-grade competition going Look, forward? Look, if they're resigned to the A-grade competition but really put serious funds into it, I think that's the way to go. And I know people go, oh, but, you know, don't you want to play in the senior competition? Yeah, a lot of respects and, and probably it would be beneficial for the Northern Corridor to have a team in Romassi Cup. But there's a bit of logic to the business sense. I, I think... If you have Asquith in a competition and strong is important in, in the Manly North's A-grade or if there is a Manly North's A-grade. But then you need to get other areas strong. You, you need to get Bill Rose series about the game. You need to get Barrow to really go hard. You need to then go and, – and, and now I'm just trying to think of a couple of other teams uh, off the top of my head. But you need to get a lot of those areas thriving and wanting to play in this competition. Um. Is it going to happen? I, I hope so. I really do. And and, and how does how, or how could the competition look to is another thing. Who else can you add? And, and I'm trying to remember teams in that competition, but who else can actually have strong teams in the Manly North's competition? This is this is going to be the big question right now. I mean, you've got you've got enough clubs to make an and Manly North competition, but the problem that we've seen over the last couple of years is the fact that too often you find that a lot of the best players will go to one or two clubs and they'll end up destroying the rest of the competition. There's no decent mm. enough spread of the players through all of the clubs. And we saw it the last a couple of years ago when we had the biggest pool of teams within that A-grade competition, but it was dominated by two teams, both of them coming out of Manly, one of them being Narrabeen and the other one being Avalon. Mm. The, all of the north, northern, all the northern suburbs teams, the likes of Barara, the likes of Willoughby, Asquith, Pennant Hills, they got destroyed in that competition. And of course, you got the UTS Wanderers as well. That could also yeah. be a part of that comp. But we need to have strong rugby league out there. And I think the reality is you need to really push for the A grade. Asquith being in there is an important factor, but you also need to put money in the other teams. That and, and and then potentially there has to be a salary cap. Even though, as I keep on saying, salary caps are a restrained trade, still it's probably needed in this situation. We can talk about this for hours, and, and I think we've gone too long, but I think this is serious for rugby league in this area. I, we've spoken about it before, about where rugby league sits in the Northern Corridor, but we need to get it right, and we've got sort of a reprieve a little bit because of COVID. Let's, let's utilise yeah. it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's try and reshape it. Ladies and gentlemen, that is full time here on Splinters. What an episode it is. We can't wait for Ron Massey Cup and possibly Sydney Shield starting up. Looks like it will be in the first first or second week of April. It is a going to be a cracking season all round. My thanks to Nick Kutnyak for joining us here on the show tonight. And we're probably going to have you uh, on it, on the calls because we're very excited in the next couple of weeks to announce this brand new partnership that could be happening, not only with our two stations, but with quite a few other stations across the Yeah, we're looking forward to this partnership. It's something that uh, is in the works. And uh, yeah, we're definitely a part of it. Uh, looking forward to whatever it looks like this year. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Splinters of the Bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports. On behalf of Nick Kutnyak, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run harder, run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.